It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. We got a lot of fun stuff today. So we got a listener question about telehealth. But we also have some 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 fun things to talk about, some interesting things in the world, but also with us too. So uh, it should be a fun episode. Brandon, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Things are getting pretty busy around the clinic, and you know, kind of to, yeah. in spite of this ever changing COVID world. But um, but yeah, it's been really really good. Um, if we've had Honestly, I think a record number of patients since the shutdown happened. So, you know, everything's good, man. We're staying healthy, taking precautions, being as safe as we can, so we can't complain. Yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been good. To, I mean, honestly, it's been fun from a, like, having, you know, pay, more patients yeah. again, you know. Not that I didn't right. enjoy the few that we were going through, but, you know, it's it's nice to be getting some some new evals back in and some different things. And, and it's been fun because we've turned some of those actually into uh, some new, um, new episodes for a different platform That's we kind of right. mentioned last time. So, I know I just talked about a shoulder eval yeah. that... Um, that I just did. So, uh, you want to mention a little bit more about that to everybody? Yeah. So, you know, we, we joined the Patreon. We opened up that channel uh, this week, actually. posted. Uh, I posted an episode. We'll be posting an episode before the day is over with. Um, mm. um, you know, I'm recording this on Wednesday right now. But, man, it's awesome. So, we're still going to continue to give you this content. We're not changing that. But for the PTs out there, the clinicians, maybe even the strength coaches that want to dive a little bit deeper and get a little more specific with what our mindset is and just how exactly we treat patients and assess and things like that that's what the channel's for so it's five bucks a month and each week josh and i are both going to be uh uploading an episode to that and uh for you listening and that's another thing too if you got a specific request if there's a certain you know weird case that maybe we've seen over the years then um hit us up and let us know we'll make sure we cover it yeah no i'm excited for that too i think it's a chance for us to continue that dialogue and for me as a as a newer clinician too you know it's it's going to be you know interesting kind of putting myself out there a little bit more and and hopefully getting some good feedback from people too and, and and so i think we'll be fun and plus we we're lucky that we get to see uh you know a little uh, so we see everything of course yep. we talked about that but a little bit more of an active population so we do get some some things that are kind of right in our wheelhouse that people seek us out for mm-hmm. and i'm excited to kind of elaborate on those a little more so you know hopefully we can all grow together yeah for sure so my first one was on a, on a stiff toe alex limitus alex Regis. yours is on a crossfit shoulder yeah and i got a i got a person I referred out coming up for you next week. So that's on patreon.com slash better faster cases. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. But yeah, so what else is new? What's going on? 
Well, uh, same old, same old with me, man, but I understand that you guys, uh, you and Kelsey are homeowners now? Yeah, we're under contract for a house, yeah, yeah. so thank you, man, yeah, we, uh, that's a big, uh, something that we've been thinking about doing now that we're, you know, I'm done with school, back working full time, we're kind of, we're settling in, we thought we wanted to to go that route, we found a nice little home here in West Columbia, so, you know, a nice little eight minute commute for me in the morning Mm -hmm. is not going to be too bad, and so we we close next month, inspections went well, got some work to do, not a finished product, but it's, it's going to be a fun, it'll be a good first home. So, I mean, my have to do an episode about your wrist from signing those documents on the closing. Oh, dude, I know, man. I, that's going to be nuts, man. I think yeah. that you get into it and you don't, <laughs> you never gone through it before. You know, I know everybody owns a home out there knows yeah. what you're talking about. So, uh, one of the other, I guess, good things, one of the silver linings about the shutdown is just having more time to connect with people, right? People in the community. So, yeah. I understand that there's some updates with regards to the relationship with the fire department, right? Yeah, man. So, this has been something that's been slowly become a little bit of a passion of mine, too. So, as we may have talked about before, uh, myself and our front desk coordinator, Chelsea, uh, we were both. Both, you know, going through the volunteer fire uh, program uh, with through the Richland County, and so that obviously has it looks a little different now. We're actually going to hopefully start up Fire One in like a little bit of more of a hybrid learning thing again. Um, you know, sometime later this year. But um, one thing too, through the West Columbia Fire Department, we're actually going to have an opportunity to work with them through more of a strength conditioning perspective. So uh, providing them with they've just outfitted an awesome you know uh, part of their facility for this uh, all new equipment. It's been great. They're really investing in it and they're also investing in that part no i kind of a a little bit indirectly not not specifically um for me it's more i wanted to kind of basically you know set this up in a way it's like regardless of what you have available you know we as an organization are going to help design training for your individuals that fits into their schedule with your equipment and is focused on helping to prepare them to be the best at their job as possible so Mm -hmm. um you know i'm looking forward to to implementing that's where we're going to be implementing training with them and then having some of course some initial sessions to go over there and and really uh work with the actual individual themselves Mm -hmm. but it's going to be kind of hopefully a long-term thing where we're working on increasing performance decrease injuries uh, you know and, and and keeping everyone healthy and functioning well so it should be really fun I'm excited to explore that a little bit more yeah that's huge man I think anything we do to also connect with the community is also a plus as well because that's for sure and that's how we get our patients in the door yeah, man, man. making these connections for sure so I, we just before this episode you showed me a, a link or I guess you talked about it CrossFit sold CrossFit selling yeah it's apparently selling. later this month yeah it's they close later this month from what I hear again Dave uh, Castro who had been the acting CEO um, with uh, you know everything that I'm sure everybody that follows CrossFit knows already with the whole Glassman stuff. Um, he was acting CEO. He had posted a letter to affiliates this morning um, that the, that CrossFit Inc. is being sold by Greg Glassman to Eric Rosa, who is um, um, I don't know much about him. He's a 10-year affiliate owner out of Boulder, Colorado. So is he's he a bald dude? Is he a bald dude with a six-pack? Uh, the pic- only picture I've seen of me is bald dude. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm sure he's also pretty pretty ripped up too. But um, he was, uh, I, I, from what I understand, a, kind of like a, a tech guru kind of guy and kind of started that prior that was kind of his background or whatever yeah. and so um, from what I understand it's CrossFit's you know being sold to essentially one of its own it's going to be totally different he's going to be acting CEO as well so it's going to be a big big transition here so that's breaking news as of today so we're dating the episode a little bit so I think he's supposed to go on later today and, cool. and like a YouTube live or something and introduce himself but um, yeah it's supposed to be later this month that closes so that changes the, the ball game a little bit if he gets rid of med ball cleans and I'm in oh I know sumo deadlift high pole oh, yeah, yeah. get that out there uh, man those nine time functional <laughs> movements it's like really like yeah. really, really we're going to a foundational movement but anyway awesome. <laughs> i digress yeah so i mean that that could be good too because um, i know that you know even before this recent controversy there was a lot of drop off kind of 
not emphasizing the competition aspect quite as much. So I think that'd be nice if we can kind of, they can bring that back. I know that'd get me more invested in it for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. You had all these people that, that basically are boycotting the games, right? There's like yeah. 20 something athletes and, and so they wanted further change than Greg just stepping down as CEO because he still owned 100% of the business. Mm-hmm. So now maybe this is enough to, to bring them back in into the fold, but also might be something where there's just a change in, in focus and, and message and what they try to do, um, which is good because I think CrossFit's been so great for so many people. And it was, it was for me, I was kind of torn. It was kind of sad to see this starting to happen because I think it really has helped a lot of people, right? Anything that gets people excited about moving and working out, like, I'm sorry, I know the PTs hate on it, but man, I'd much rather I'm doing that than sitting on the couch. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm excited uh, to see where that goes with it, man. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, I think it was, I think it's ultimately probably going to be a really, really yeah. good move. Time. A lot of things come out of it. Yep. Kind of, so, yeah. So let's, let's dive into this episode, man. It's all about telehealth, right? This one came from a listener. Yeah, I know. It was, this is uh, from Danielle from South Florida. She's a PT student, and we appreciate, of course, appreciate her uh, tuning in, listening to us, that kind of thing. That's, that's uh, always great. We love listener questions. And so this was an awesome one. Talking about telehealth because, um, you know, she's in PT school. As we mentioned, she's a 30 year PT student at South Florida, and she was talking about um, the, you know, their curriculum and some changes that they've had to, to to have with it where they're actually talking more about telehealth within the actual curriculum itself um, and so they're they're actually doing even like simulation telehealth evaluations and things like that within school which I think is really cool that mm-hmm. you know the their program is adapting to the current scenario especially as a third year PT student she's going to be out there working soon telehealth's going to be around because this virus it's not it's not just going to disappear all of a sudden right mm-hmm. so um, it's it's definitely interesting that they're they're adding that and her uh, her concern it was was some difficulty that she was finding to ensure things like patient safety um, or the lack of resources just available within someone's house and how do you you get done what you want to get done given that given that scenario and so she um, you know her uh, you know already she felt like it was also tough being that you know limited from an experience standpoint anyway of going into evaluations and that kind of thing already and now you have this new obstacle that's already been thrown out there or that's like also being thrown out there so she wanted to kind of get our opinion on you know what were you know what were our thoughts since we've been doing some of it now we've been going through it a little bit and um, where do we you know see it maybe going what are some of the obstacles we see that, that need to be addressed what kind of patients do we feel like we can you know really have success with what kind of patients do we think really aren't appropriate for telehealth that kind mm-hmm. of thing so it was a it was a really good point and a good question as a new clinician it's definitely something to that you know I, I'm also as a new clinician it was definitely tough to get used to yeah man my, my mind is spinning right now i got so many so many answers and thoughts going through my head with that but you know ultimately long story short i i, I think in person is best and i think most people would agree with that right but it is telehealth is a good option now i think it's i think comparing telehealth in person it's like it's like low calorie pt it's like uh oh duels right you get the flavor without the buzz but <laughs> but it, i'm also i'm the libertarian physio i like patients having choices oh i like patients having choices I, I like them having the freedom to choose different things and you know i don't like how the insurance companies have come along and said you know you can get paid for this right now and then we're going to take it away and that sort of thing too so it's a bit of a mess um but ultimately you know i i think that it's worked out really really well for a select few of my patients now i openly admit that telehealth is new to me so it could be the fact that I'm just not the best at it. I haven't had a lot of experience and I'm kind of learning as we go. Um, you know, I, I think that also I, because it just came about so fast with the shutdowns, I didn't really love 
the approach from some of the leadership um, that we saw, you know, from professional organizations and honestly from the academics as well, too, because a lot of the attitude was, you know, basically like, all right, everybody switched to health, health, telehealth, but they didn't acknowledge that you need to be trained in this. You know, you mm-hmm. need to set up your platform, you need to set up your paperwork, that kind of thing, too. I also didn't love the fact that when the shutdowns happened that we're seeing a lot of stuff coming from academics where they're basically saying, hey, there's this weak study that shows that, you know, telehealth is just as effective as, you know, real physical therapy. And that is to me another example why there will always be a Grand Canyon South Gap between academia and the real world because you cannot replicate every single you know individual that comes to your clinic and this is also why you're not seeing brick and mortar clinics just close down and change to telehealth right they're not just switching over because it is the same so I probably like to unpack with that but that's just you know my initial stream of consciousness yeah no I think uh, we share a lot of the same thoughts there too and I think from to specifically look kind of at her uh, you know some of her specific things that she was talking about um, as a new clinician, right, where I didn't have necessarily a ton of evals under my belt before having to start do telehealth evals. Now, fortunately, I had that rotation with Zach last year mm-hmm. where he already was doing a lot of telehealth too. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see, you know, somebody who I, I feel like is very good at that work and do that. So that, that was really helpful for me. Um, now, he does see a more specific population. And I do think that certain populations are, or, you know, can benefit from telehealth a lot easier than others. Um, so I think a lot of times when it's something like honestly what I am talking about on the Patreon stuff where it's um, you know very much associated with um, you know movement pattern deficits or something related to the gym and to working out where where it's more about mo- you know modifications for, of their training itself and very specific loading uh, protocols to try to get them back to you know their, what they were doing before I think that can be great over telehealth I think that that's stuff where it's a lot more of it's almost a lot of coaching right some some evaluation there but then the 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 rest of it's kind of coaching movement patterns and, and exercise prescription, which I think is so important because there's not really manual work necessarily involved there. Um, so I feel like that population is great for it. And that's who I've found a lot of success with because I do, you know, we're lucky enough to get some CrossFitters in here and some things like that. Now, of course, when people didn't have gyms to go to, that changed the whole thing too. And that kind of leads into her second part of her question there was about the resources at the patient's home. And that has been, uh, you know, tough. That was tough for sure. And I think we we really tried to, to brainstorm collectively as a group and, and you know, individually I've tried to go out there and find resources where people are talking about, well, what can I use to load? What can I use to, to uh, provide the stimulus that I'm looking for? Um, and so I had to, you know, get creative there. And I think, um, you know, it, varied based on the person and their situation, you know, and I think that was arguably one of the hardest parts is like, you know, I had one person that was basically living in a hotel at the time um, because of the, their occupation. They're still working. It was living in a hotel, essentially, and I'm trying to figure out what kind of things I can load. I mean, I'm doing like cuff work with them holding the book that was in night, their nightstand like or, or things like that. It's, it's yeah, it's create creativity was tough, but um, it actually was kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's honestly like what you're touching on with the creativity. That's one of the one of several pros that comes out of this, right? Because it is going to force you to get creative because your patients aren't going to have access to equipment or mm-hmm. the necessary equipment in most cases, depending on, unless they have like a baller ass, you know, garage gym, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to force you to be good at communication as well, too, because that is what you're relying on every single aspect, right? You know, of course, we're all good at subjective, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's coaching is a lot different having to do it virtually over a, a Zoom meeting or, or we use Doxy actually because it's HIPAA compliant, that kind of thing. Um, you're going to have to be good at assessing and doing it in a different way when you can't actually physically get your hands on them so yeah. you know things that come to mind are you know sfma type things yeah you know other types well, since of, we have that right. background that was very helpful yeah. function different types of functional assessments where you can you know you know check people's you know strength output 
I mean, I'm thinking about the baser. I'm thinking about just like plank testing, you know, 30 second squats, things like that. Things they can do mm-hmm. easily with minimal equipment. Um, it's going to force you to be good at programming exercise prescription yeah, too, for sure. goes with that creativity but again i still say the cons are and we know this right there's some people i got to get my hands on them right i'm thinking i'm thinking post-ops thinking these stiff shoulders ankles that kind of things things where i'm going to need to actually you know get a feel for what's going on to try to create some change and again that could be the fact that i, I already acknowledge i'm a dinosaur i've been doing this 10 years but i still i gotta i gotta have that right again yeah access to equipment right you know if we're going to be prescribing things that are actually going to be a potent enough stimulus to create change right whether it's hypertrophy strength whatever it might be they're gonna need some equipment that's why people freaking go to gyms right that's yeah. why that's why we have a whole you know gym industry and physical therapy clinic industry plus the intangibles right someone comes into a clinic a nice clinic like this the, the customer service aspect just the fact being around people we're social yeah. beings not only the fact that as human beings we need human touch right that's an important part of development that we've learned in pediatric therapy on throughout life as well too yeah and I think honestly going back to the new grad stuff I, I, I wanted to touch on this point too that I thought I think is uh, was crossing my mind when going through this what typically happens with new grads right the, usually subjective tends to be a little bit weak and you do every test you can think of a lot of mm-hmm. times students you know we've all seen it with students new grads that kind of thing because you're almost trying to fish for answers sometimes and you know that's we don't like to admit that when we're new when we're newer on but a lot of times like we've all been there and students are in an eval when you're like i'm not exactly sure what's going on you're trying to you're trying to you know i'm gonna test this and test this and test mm-hmm. this and you can't do that on a telehealth visit right. right so it requires you to really work hard at refining your subjective exam and i mm-hmm. think that that arguably is one of if not the most important components of it and so for us we've talked about following more of the symptom behavior model and for me I, i'm fortunate that before this i felt really comfortable with that model because I think that is is so helpful from a telehealth perspective. So, you know, if you think about this in your head with, with, with me, if somebody comes in and they have, uh, you know, symptoms of certain area in a certain area and you're trying to really determine all areas of symptoms, how those symptoms are behaving, any any kind of potential red flags there, you're trying to get the history of it, you're trying to figure out their aggravating factors, their easing factors, their irritability um, to determine you know exactly what kind of things you're going to be able to implement. You should have, if, if that's done really, really well, a pretty good idea of what might be going on. Potential hypothesis list, right? And that's what Je- you know, Jeff and the Asian Mountain Podcast other people talk about. And then for me, it's like, okay... I still go through that process while I'm in the clinic or whether I'm not in the clinic, right? I'm still going through that same process. And then when it gets to the objective exam, exam, I have to just think in my mind, what kind of things can I have them do that I think are going to confirm or deny um, or, you know, or, or refute my potential hypotheses? I'm trying to rule in, rule out things, right? And so for me, when I'm going through that process, I get to the same point, whether it's it's in person or not, from this objective, I should get to where I have a, a good idea of what I think is going on, uh, what I think the irritability is, and where I want to start from the objective and how vigorous I can be with my physical exam. And now it's just instead of me potentially doing things to them, like tests or things like that, it's just utilizing th- movements and things that they can do on their own that I think might confirm or deny. And that's where mm-hmm. things like SFMA or just functional movements or any of those type of things can you know can help to deduce, yes, I'm on the right path or I need to reevaluate. Yeah, right. Cool. But, no, it's good. Good good point. A lot of good points with that, you know, and, and that's stuff that applies to well beyond telehealth as well, too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of brainstorming here a little bit, too, but I still have one patient, literally one that I am seeing via telehealth. And this is a lady who uh, is dealing with cancer-related fatigue, is currently going through cancer treatment and all the things that come with that. And honestly, like, telehealth is a great option for her, too, because guess what? There are other diseases out there besides COVID that people can catch, right? Yeah. So she probably didn't need to be here anyways in the first place. So it's been a really, really good tool for that. And in this case, we're not so much trying to uh, – 
go through symptom behavior model with her. It's more about you know maintenance. It's more about optimizing her her healing environment as she's going through this therapy. It's more about you know making sure she has enough energy to get through the day. So a lot of that comes through you know us spending a lot of time communicating. Right, we're diving in. We're diving into things that go well beyond exercise. We're talking a lot about you know, sleep and nutrition and stress management. You know, talking about working in some breathing, some meditation, that kind of thing too. And that's one of the pluses about being here is we get to spend a lot of time with people. You know, we get up to an hour with our patients. I don't, I don't think it would work out really well with her if I only got to spend 15, 20 minutes where we wouldn't get enough time. And then as far as exercise goes, we're more or less chasing a stimulus, right? It's one where I have her basically moving for somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes, and we're keep more monitoring things like heart rate and rpe and that kind of stuff too so um it's a re- it's been a really really good tool for her um but then the other people right the other people that are having injuries acute low back pain surgeries that kind of thing too i, I offered this to a lot of people and most of them didn't want to take it um, right so that's just kind of been what our my local community with my case so my clientele has been no i think that's a, a great point too it's like a lot i think we i like thing again i don't want to pretend I know what every other clinic out there is doing, but I feel like we spend more time already focusing on a lot of those lifestyle factors too as part of our plan of our treatment. So we're still diving into those as well. And I, I like to think that other than the equipment that's being used, I feel like a, you, in a lot of cases, you can create the stimulus like you mentioned that you're that you're trying to to get out of it. And so um, that could be, you know, for me a lot of times too. You know, I, I tend to, I think I've talked on here, I include a lot of lower level aerobic work or, or easy breathing type stuff or remom type stuff or you know using a clock to to keep intensity higher to monitor rest periods and things like that. And I'm still doing that on these telehealth visits. It's just you know instead of them holding a a light kettlebell here while they're doing their their goblet squats or their RDLs. It's like I've got them with a book bag that's got some books in it that weighs roughly ten pounds that they're holding at their chest or, or they're using the straps as like a, as basically like a sandbag type mm-hmm. deadlift. And so it's still it's it looks really similar. And I think um, you know like you mentioned, certain times there there are people you got to get your hands on them, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. there are a lot of times I mean, I'm thinking to myself like, man, I'd love to have you right here where I could just crack that and then we could get mm-hmm. moving, right? Or something yeah. you think, oh man, I put some needles in this would be perfect. Um, and it would be, I think it would be great, but um, this is where being, you know, not in one camp, I think, is so important. And mm-hmm. I think that we pride ourselves on having a lot of different tools and, and figuring out what, um, you know, what's going to work for that person. And so now we just have a couple tools that are not available to us. So, yep. you know, if you don't have those other tools in place, this is where find a way to get better your exercise prescription. Find a way to to to, um, you know work on movement assessment and your actual coaching of things and to be be able to cue better and things like that to you know it's just a chance to keep refining skills because when those people come back into the clinic you're still going to need those skills again but absolutely yeah so i think uh i think it's been fun but like you i'm not i'm not going to start moving on to a lot more telehealth and and, and just kind of getting directly back to danielle's initial question too i mean she was she was asking about you know, safety and not, not feeling safe with patients and just, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm, I'm assuming, you know, overall competency and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm, I'm very much a newbie still with telehealth. I'm not the expert on this, but I would think that um, one thing that sh- should come out of this is there should be more formal training about how mm-hmm. to conduct telehealth sessions. And just the fact that she's getting this in school right now, I think is really, really good. Yeah. more reps. We need practice. We all got to have experience in practice. I know it gets downplayed a lot in academia about there being three pillars to clinical experience, but experience really matters a lot in having yeah. practice to get confidence too. Because um, I, you know, the fact is, 
is this is going to be with us, right? In some yeah. fashion, so it's going to be. And, and that's and that's a good thing too. And and that's just the way the world is working, right? With technology progressing, all right? You know, I think in the future we're either going to become cyborgs with Elon Musk Neuralink, right? Where it connects like the the brain to like the internet, or either we become those uh, those fat people in their chairs and, the, and Wally, you know, what I'm talking about like running yeah. around drinking their sodies and stuff. Oh my yeah. god! But it's gonna but it's gonna be around, and so we do need to get comfortable with it. Um, I, I would hope that the majority of my day for the foreseeable future is going to be, you know, in person, one on one with people. But you know, I am definitely open to the occasional people that need to do a hell telehealth that will do it with them. And again, I like people having the option for that. Right. Yeah. I think I'm just going to finish here with the with the strength conditioning background helped a ton with this. You know, mm-hmm. just talking about like in preparation if you feel like you're going to have to continue to do a lot of telehealth. Um, I can't trust that enough of, of the exercise prescription side of things and uh, being able to evaluate movement. So if you do not feel out, if you're out there and you're thinking like that's a weak link in your game, um, you know, now more than ever, maybe a time to evaluate that. And there, we've talked about so many resources on there. If you want more resources, reach out to us and we, mm-hmm. we can help you with that. But I think that's going to be what kind of can take you to the next level with that and going to help you with these type of visits. Absolutely. All right, let's switch gears here a little bit. So this is our section, Physio or Cairo. So this is the one where we've had users um, submit the wildest things that they've seen in the physical therapy world or the chiropractic world. And we have to guess whether or not it's a physical therapist or a chiropractor, right? So this week we got a, a, a return guest on the podcast, Dr. Corey Stewart. Dr. Corey, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. So, so Corey, I'm going to read this out to you. And again, all you got to do is guess which one you get. And what does he get, Josh? He gets a kind of prize for this. Um, a brand new Vertex sticker. Yeah, we actually have new stickers, by the way. Swing by, pick one up. Yep. <laughs> All right, so shout out to our boy, Brady, Dr. Brady Sandercock. Thanks for sending us. Yeah, Brady's stickers. a man. I appreciate yeah. Brady. I met Brady at uh, the ice cervical course in, in Asheville. He met a few. Uh, we took a few of the crew up there, so it was great meeting uh, Brady. So I appreciate uh, the the question, buddy, yep. or the, the info. All right, so the topic of this one is neurological stress scans. Neurological stress scans. So this was posted on a screenshot on, looks like Facebook. So says that with all that's going on right now, it's never been more important to keep your nervous system de-stressed, your immune system strong, your health at its best. Here are top five reported changes from patients who've gotten these neurological stress scans for 47 bucks, by the way. Uh, better coping with emotional stress. So that, that sounds good, but you know, psychologists are not options. That um, improved sleep, not bad. Improved flexibility, mobility. Increased energy levels and then a happier family life as well. Um, and there was a, another note on there. How can we help? Uh, other other things include ear infections, digestive issues, anxiety, insomnia, and allergies. Physio or Cairo? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have to say Cairo. I've heard a pretty good... Uh, I guess I've heard similar things in the past regarding um, whether it's adjustments or any kind of treatment curing infections or any kind of um, pathologic conditions and so I'd Guess I'd have to go Cairo. Though. That's correct. Ding ding, Cairo. Hey. I'm gonna throw the air horn out here. Yes. So Cairo. So a little history. A little history. So, um, if you're not familiar with the two professions, so technically chiropractors are classified as physicians. They're chiropractic physicians. We're not. We're clinicians, right? I think it'd actually be cool to actually get that title. We'd have a little more independence, but I digress. So with the title physician, they technically get to treat. I think it's like seven or ten systems, right? So that's where the allergies come okay. in, digestive stuff, that kind of thing, and physical therapists were essentially nerves, muscles, bones. But but good job, man. I think you've been around this game long enough to kind of spot Thanks. that. Bro. Thanks again for Brady Scander. So if you want to send us any more physio chiro submissions, again, the wilder the better. Um, just drop those in our DMs at Better Faster Podcast. You can send them to me, Brandon at vertexpt.com via email. You said neurologic stress screen. 
What does that even consist of? Dude, I have no clue. I hope there's no probing involved, but I have no Like an online <laughs> survey or some kind of brain scan? I, don't know um, I think they look at the lines on your palm or something. For, I don't know. That's my best guess, but that's a good question, man. This is as good yeah. as mine. All right. Well, um, otherwise, uh, thank you again to, to Danielle. What was that college again? Uh, University of South Florida. Yeah, shout out to her. I um, appreciate that. If any of the listeners have any more questions, send them our way as well. We'll be happy to address them. Gives us some material. Makes it easier on us, by the way. Sure. Other than that, this is Better Faster Podcast. We're out. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.